0: Buongiorno, and welcome to the Global Podcast, where we keep you up to date on the latest trends and insights on diplomacy in international development. I'm your host, Jesu Antonio Baez, Director of Pax Techum Global Consultancy, based here in London, which produces this series. In this podcast, I sit down with thought leaders, diplomats, and experts on the field, as well as provide analysis from our own team at Pax to talk more about the need for diplomacy in international development in order to foster political will around greater social impact and good. So grab your headphones and let's get on with the show. On today's episode of The Global Podcast, we're going to dive into the latest proposal of U.S. President Donald Trump regarding tariffs to stop migration. Is it really sustainable and can it really work? Last week, Donald Trump announced his intention via Twitter to implement a series of economic tariffs on Mexico in response to ongoing migrant flow coming in from Central America via Mexico. President Trump feels that adding pressure to the Mexican government will alert them to implement a hard border and stop all migrants from passing along the border. Clearly for President Trump, economic threats seem to be the best way forward to get anything done. And while that may attract his die-hard supporters, it is not the most sustainable response to the crisis. President Trump's response doesn't really tackle the hardcore and root issues to the reason why there is ongoing migrant flow. Let's take a look at the reason why many are fleeing these countries in Central America. Countries such as El Salvador, Nicaragua, and Guatemala. The main core reason is for a huge surge in both gang violence and political instability. For the case of Nicaragua, ongoing protests against the current president, Daniel Ortega, and violence used against protesters have put the country at odds between the current political establishment and a generation of protesters who have classified the current president as a dictator for his ongoing repression of anyone that opposes him. Then let's turn towards El Salvador, where gang violence has made life increasingly difficult for many citizens, especially young women. The gang culture and violence imploded after the country suffered many years of civil war back in the 1980s, and with little opportunities following the war, many resorted simply to violence. This is violence that happens to be also quite senseless, to say the least, over mainly turf. To give you a picture, NPR's reporting team highlighted how a 15-year-old girl had been shot at close range while crossing a busy intersection. She had apparently been murdered for living in one gang's territory, but selling tortillas in another, thus crossing gang lines. Now, of course, this is normal for a country whose daily average murders in 2015 was at 30 a day. The key gangs at war with each other are MS-13 and Barrio 18, But the weird connection is that this violence actually stems from the United States when undocumented criminals, including U.S. citizens of El Salvadorian descent, were expelled from many Los Angeles Latino barrios to the country following criminal convictions as a way to get rid of the problem. The thing is, many of these criminals have actually learned from the streets of Los Angeles in regards to violence, extortion, and turf wars especially during the years of the Bloods and the Crips. And with a government fresh out of civil war, such as El Salvador, and no reintegration policy or procedure in place, the streets of San Salvador, the capital, quickly resembled the streets of LA, only a thousand times worse. Extorting became easy to make a quick buck, and failure to comply was a quick bullet to the head. And this happens to be also the same theme that is occurring also in Guatemala and parts of Mexico as well, where drug cartels resort to violence and extortion to get their way. Domination of a drug trade which works to satisfy the drug appetite of Americans just across the border. The cartel violence, meanwhile, has ravaged Mexico, with over 200,000 murders in the country in the last decade, according to a recent New York Times report. Therefore, the root of this issue isn't Mexico not keeping its borders at bay. It's the lack of an appropriate response from the United States and key actors in the country to rehabilitate the region and end the violence, which is causing many to leave. Instead of threatening of tariffs, which, according to The Economist, has the potential to backlash on American citizens with higher costs and services, an appropriate response is to engage in dialogue and actually have real concrete and measurable action, end the violence locally, and rehabilitate former gang members. Policies must be created with an actual measurable outcome and key deliverables to see real progress being made. In addition, on the home front, the United States could provide considerably more rehabilitation services to reduce addiction and overdoses, ultimately drying up and squashing the appetite for the drugs, or at least provide initiatives for many of the users as they tend to use it due to lack of anything to do quote-unquote, or any opportunities back at home. But beyond government intervention, businesses, NGOs, and impact investors have a role as well in rehabilitating the country. El Salvador has recently elected a new president, Nayib Bukele, who is keen to set the country along a different path and open to business and ideas to help bring the country to a stable and sustainable path. This is a prime opportunity for businesses to serve as a real game-changer in providing jobs, internships, services, and the like, which can stabilize the country and fix the root of the problem of this crisis, that is, the lack of opportunities. In the meantime, NGOs can provide services that are lacking in the country and engage with the government to implement policies which respect women's rights and child well-being, a key issue in this country as well, as the leading cause for many to join these gangs is due to a lack of family nucleus, stability, and well-being during childhood. In addition, NGOs can work to help foster dialogue with the gangs in order to usher in sustainable transition and guarantees for safety to foster development locally. And for impact investors, injecting the necessary cash into infrastructures of Salvadoranian-led initiatives is the best way to give this country the chance it never really had. U.S. President Trump feels that economic threats will solve a decades-old problem, but the solution is neither sustainable nor appropriate. Partnership, action, and economic development is key to ultimately stop the migrant flows in the long run, as this will ultimately bring stability to the border in the future, but most importantly, give El Salvador the chance to, to truly thrive. That brings us to the end of this edition of The Global Podcast. I'm Jesu Antonio Baez, director of Pax Global Consultancy, which produces this series. Please do check out our website at www.paxtecumglobal.org, that's P-A-X-T-E-C-U-M-G-L-O-B-A-L.org to discover more about our work. You can also follow this podcast and the work of Pax on both Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you like this podcast, Please don't forget to rate, review, and of course subscribe on both Spotify and Apple Podcast. Join us next week for another edition, and until next time, grazie e ci sentiamo presto. Ciao!